Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 291 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Episode 291 is part one of a two-part interview with the Givens family. Drew and Emily Givens are the parents of Grant. Grant is a high school senior, class of 2022, and is committed to play basketball next year at Drury University in Springfield, Missouri. Drury is a member of the Great Lakes Valley Conference in the NCAA Division II level. This interview is going to be split into two episodes and is a super honest and laid-back but informational interview with two parents and gives information about their son's recruiting and basketball journey. So let's get into part one of the interview with Drew and Emily about their experience and their son Grant's experience. So I want to welcome Drew and Emily, and uh, they are friends of the family. Uh, I've just known them for a long time. We actually, uh, they're in the car business, their family's in the car business, and that's what my family did. So not only have we known them through their, through car business, but through sports. So Drew and Emily, welcome to the uh, Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's kind of just get started. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about both of your backgrounds in, in sports? And I know you have some family background in sports. Well, I'll start with mine because mine's much smaller than Emily's, but two sport athlete in high school, lettered in golf all four years, lettered in basketball one year. Then after high school, I had some opportunities to play at a smaller schools, division two and division or division three. I felt that I was a little better than that. So I just opted to attend the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, walked on. Uh, there were two cuts. Uh, I made it through the first one and missed the second cut by about two shots. And uh, the coach basically said, I'm not ready for Division One golf. And that was the end of my golfing career as a college athlete. <laughs> it didn't last long. Well, and it's competitive. I, I did an interview with Neil Stafford, Missouri State's golf coach, and we talked about how competitive it is and how and where he gets seven to a thousand emails per class just to come to play, try to play golf wow. at Missouri State. So I can't imagine what Nebraska is uh, is like. So if you if you made that cut, uh, you you still a pretty good golfer. I'm glad I'm not playing you right now. <laughs> well, it's it, it goes fast as you get older. You you lose strength and all that other (laughs) flexibility, all kinds of stuff. So Emily, what's some of your, what's uh, some of your background and some of your family's background? Yeah. So I played basketball at Glendale high school and was an all state basketball players. I never really felt like I was that good of a player, but you know, I think I was my own worst critic, but ultimately received a scholarship to play at a university of Nebraska in Lincoln you know, played there for five years. I actually had to redshirt my sophomore year because I blew out my knee, uh, had an ACL tear. So that was um, not fun. And then I uh, ultimately have had seven surgeries on that knee and since had a knee replacement. So at the ripe old age of 45. So (laughs) uh, really basketball was my only focus all through high school. And so I never played uh, volleyball or anything else. Got up there and uh, just, you know, loved my experience and um, wouldn't change a thing. So how did you find your way to Nebraska or how did Nebraska find you? 
You know, the path is very different now than it was then. Um, back in the day, it was, um, I remember I was at a team camp for Glendale up in, in St. Joe. We're at a team camp and Coach Millicent, who was my first year, she was the first year coach at Glendale that year. She actually had us enrolled at that team camp and Nebraska came down to watch me actually. And I think I had a pretty good team camp and ultimately they ended up bringing me up for a, um, an official visit and made me an offer. You know, I had Missouri state. It was a year or two after they went to the final four, they had made me an offer. And the difference I think back then was just that we had AAU club wasn't as big. There wasn't really a such thing as club. There was really just AAU and Missouri was split in half where half of the state went to St. Louis and the other half of the state tried out and played games up in uh, Kansas city and our team made it to nationals. We did very well. We had a heck of a team and I actually ended up getting a lot of letters from coaches around the nation just from that. And it was just lucky that you have a good game. Whenever a certain coach is there, you get a letter. If you happen to have a bad game, when a coach, you know, at a school that you might be interested in is there, you don't get a letter, you know, you, you only get a little bit of time to show these coaches what you can do and they move on to the next player. I actually had a pretty good national tournament my uh, sophomore year and I think things just kind of hopped from there. And um, then Nebraska ended up seeing me at this team camp uh, my senior year. And, and that was that. Do you think Nebraska knew about you before you went to the team camp? Or do you think they just saw you uh, there for the first time at, at the team camp? Honestly, I think that I was very lucky in the fact that my uh, basketball coach, Coach Millison, was very in tune with college coaches and knew what needed to happen in order for me to get a scholarship. Like she, I think she's a huge reason why a lot of coaches were also contacting me. I mean, she, I really feel like she was, um, she was working for me, you know, she really was helping to make contacts and she was reaching out as much as the coaches were reaching out to me. I feel like she was reaching out to them saying, Hey, I I think I've got somebody here that you might want to look at, but I don't think Nebraska knew about me before. I'm not sure that they ever saw me at a, an AAU tournament. And so I think she recommended that they come down to St. Joe and, you know, they happen to be looking for a six, three girl. So, <laughs> and you mentioned that you're six, three and, and you do mm-hmm. have basketball skills, basketball background, obviously that, that helped you. So, uh, you know, size can make a difference. When, when was this in your high school? Yeah. Is it your uh, sophomore, junior, senior year? Um, when we went to the AAU national tournament, we actually went twice. Uh, one time was in the amazing city of Clovis, New Mexico. The other time was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So my sophomore year in high school was Chattanooga, you know, and the funny thing was, is I hadn't really decided that I wanted to play in college because I never really thought that it was, I I thought I just want to go to college, wanted to join a sorority, uh, really didn't think that I wanted to play. I just really didn't think I was good enough. I didn't, I didn't know anybody else that had ever played in college, you know, that I was friends with. So for me, it's just, I knew people that went to college, they, uh, went to sorority, you know, joined a sorority, yeah. they graduated from college and that was kind of it. And so once then I started getting this interest from colleges and started receiving letters, I was like, oh, oh, this is actually really fun. Okay. <laughs> so maybe I actually can play. Maybe, maybe I am good enough to play. And so it just, sometimes it takes just having the confidence that you are good enough to see past what you think are your own limitations. Exactly. And that's what we talk about. Uh, everybody's journey is different. You know, if you have a thousand uh-huh. kids, there's going to be a thousand different recruiting journeys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Grant, your son is, is went through a different journey and probably a different time frame than what you did because of, 
you know, height and maturity and, and right. boy versus girl and stuff like that. Yep. So that's one thing we're going to kind of talk about here just a little bit is, is uh, Grant's journey. So t- tell us about how Grant kind of came up and through basketball and, uh, and, and where he's ending up here, his senior year of high school and, and his future college uh, commitment. Uh, you know, Grant started out just like every other kid in Springfield, Missouri. We started out at the Y. You know, that's a great kind of ground level, um, not too serious. Um, did the Y for probably three, four year, fourth grade, maybe. Yeah. And then we made the we made the move to the courts and the and, and then the field house kind of got a little bit more competitive, but stayed in the in the rec league, you know, and, and that was the toughest part is is trying to find a team. And so me and another dad did what dads do. You, you coach your kid. And we did that for a couple seasons. And then about sixth grade, you're, you're, you're dad. You're, you're not the coach. And dads don't know anything. So at that point, we let go of the reins of coach and just became parents. And we moved to uh, one of the first club teams. You know, that's a different move because it's a different voice. And sometimes that voice is a little more stern or, or whatever, but it has credibility because he or she is the club coach. And that's where the journey started with, uh, with club. After, after that, you know, you kind of try to break into play with some of the kids in your, in your own school. Um, so we did uh, kind of a feeder club with, with uh, mainly Pershing and Hickory kids. The whole time also trying to find individual training uh, in the summertime. And, and you know, that, that comes with a cost and there's good and bad. And we've tried them all. Luckily, the summer uh, uh, after the eighth grade year, you basically funnel into the high school, you know, and then there's there's some lifting. And then the month of June of his going into his ninth grade year, that's when he uh, moved in with the Glendale basketball team. And to talk, kind of tell the families, Glendale is a, is a uh, what, 5A, 6A school in Missouri, which is would be the uh, bigger school. So not only through junior, yeah, through junior high. And through high school, it's really competitive. Ozark, where we're from, we play Glendale every year, and it, it, it's a battle. And this area is a very good basketball area. So not only to start on a team, but just to be on a team at the high schools in our in our area, especially in Springfield, Missouri, and in some of the surrounding areas, is is an accomplishment, and it's not just given. To- and I'll tell you that that summer going into the ninth grade year, it does not matter your skill level. It, to me, it's you just have to get in front of the freshman coach and let, in fact, let all the coaches know that you're interested in, in playing basketball for Glendale. If that means that you have to lift weights with the basketball team, you lift weights with the basketball team. Um, if that means that you have to go to, to a, an outlying area to play, to play a, a ninth grade tournament, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend that. It's basically just being visible. And getting involved in your high school. High school's only four years, and it goes by really quick. Ask any parent or senior this year about how quickly it goes. We're seeing it right now with Grant. So as uh, Grant got into high school, how was his development both in high school and in club? And how did you see him mature physically and, and emotionally as he went through uh, high school? I you know, when I think about Grant, he was always, an, I mean, I'm six foot three, Grant, Drew is six foot four. So we kept thinking that we're going to have these giant kids and Grant was always normal sized. <laughs> and again, normal, whatever, nor, you know, whatever normal sized is. But when your mom is six, three and your dad's six, four, mm-hmm. you think that you're going to have these giant children. 
And so through middle school, he was always kind of normal size, his freshman year, normal size, sophomore year, kind of normal. And all of a sudden he shot up. And so his height is obviously a, a, a good benefit because he's uh, just under six, seven now. And I think for him in middle school, he was such an average player. And, you, you know, you hate to say that about your kid, but Drew and I are realists about our kids and their abilities. We don't really sugarcoat the, you know, like I see my kids for what they are. And I see that, you know, that what, where they really shine and where they don't, you know, we know where we need to improve. We know where we need to, um, you know, just continue to climb. So I don't think it's a bad thing to see your kids in that way. And, and we don't harp on them. We try not to harp on them too much, but we just ask for one thing, effort and attitude, you know, put in a hundred percent effort at all times, have a good attitude. And that's all we can really ask. I don't care how many points you score. I don't care how many rebounds you get, but you have to try hard. When we think back to middle school, it was such a, um, again, he was not a starter on the B team. He was such an average, like just kind of not a lot of focus, not a lot of skill, but he also didn't want to work at it. And so you just can't want it. We wanted it so bad for him, but he didn't want to work at it. He wasn't out in the driveway wanting to shoot or dribble and I'm not going to force my kid to go do it. Cause if you force them to go do it, at least in my experience, it all of a sudden it's not fun. And right. then they're going to quit, end up quitting the sport. They're not going to enjoy it. So we just, I mean, he just, he was never very good. He was just, just, you know, Hey, he's a player on the team and that's just going to be that. And Drew and I kind of chalked it up to thinking that like, well, he's always just going to be on the team <laughs> and he's going to be okay. And then he hit high school and he got a little bit better. And, you know, he, he was on the freshman team his freshman year. He was on JV his sophomore year, and then he made it to varsity his junior year, but we did not see a huge amount of growth in his ability or potential until he decided that he wanted to be better than the regular kid. He was the one that chose to wake up early in the morning once he was 16 to go work out at 5.30 in the morning or 6 a.m. in the morning. He was the one that wanted to go shoot extra shots. Um, he really was trying to get I don't know what he saw, you know, he's never told us, but I know there had to have been a moment when he realized that he wanted to be better than what he was. And you saw this flips, this switch flip. I mean, and it was great. I mean, you, you, you feel so proud of your kid when you see that they are wanting something that you've wanted for them and they're willing to work at it. So for us, it was after that, after his sophomore year. And it was, it was after 2020, if I'm not mistaken, it was the end of his sophomore year, COVID hit. And all of a sudden he was ready at the end of that season because they were on JV and they were so average. They just weren't very good. And he was just like, I'm, I'm sick of it. And you, and he wanted to start lifting weights more. He wanted to start shooting more. He doesn't make all the shots all the time and definitely not the, the, the best jumper and not the fastest kid, but he's really tried to perfect a shot and, you know, just do so much more. And what we've seen and talking to his club coach from the flight you know, he's like, I have really seen Grant truly grow every year. Like every year he's gotten better. And if he had started this process earlier, we feel like, gosh, where could he be right now? If he hadn't waited till after his sophomore year, you know, if he had started this a couple of years earlier, but again, that has to come from within that has to come from each individual child, you know, deciding if they want to be that person. So, and, and I've, I've got two sons and one of them was they go do the work and never had to ask him to go do any work or anything like that. Sutton, the second one, you know, he, he was like, you were describing grant. He didn't, he, he did just what he needed to do in practice. Uh -huh. And then yep. some, somehow the, the, the switch flipped a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he got to see brother's success a little bit. And sometimes you, that can go both ways. Exactly. Where, where you're yep. like, well, I can't be brother, but luckily they're different enough where he all of a sudden took off and he has different skills. You know, so it just takes something little. It just takes a little spark sometimes to, uh, for a kid, a lot, you mentioned when he turned 16, he started doing all this stuff. Well, a lot of times girls and braces getting off and cars drive you out Uh of sports and that kind of drove him back into sports. You have a family full of basketball players. Is that right, Emily? Correct. Yes. So give us a little background. It's kind of funny. We, I didn't realize the history until we really delved into it. And my brother, Miles played basketball at uh, Drury University for four years. So he was there from, I believe, I'm going to get this wrong, but I believe from 90 to 94, he played all four years. My dad played for one year and ultimately ended up doing, focusing on golf at Drury. My uncle played for one year also at Drury. And then my, my grandfather played um, for all four years. But interestingly enough, it was broken up by uh, one of the wars from Mm -hmm. by World War II. Yep. So he was there and he was playing, he played, it looked like for two years, had a couple years off and then went back and finished his uh, basketball career. So we have a long history of men on my side of the family who've gone on to play college basketball and been very athletic. It's just kind of cool. And Grant didn't realize it either. So when he had committed to Drury, he did not know that the history of my family that had all gone there. Right. And you could really see whenever we brought it up to him, how meaningful it was. He was like, Oh, Oh my gosh. And he kind of got, Oh, it seemed like he got real nostalgic about it. It was, it, it was, it was pretty cool. Cause it wasn't something that he did or really wanted to go there on purpose to, you know, like, Oh, I got to keep this going. Got to keep you know the Thompson family side going to jury. It just, to, but to find that out, it, I think it was really special to him. It's definitely special for Drew and I, my, uh, uh, dad's brother, so my uncle, uh, played there for half a year before he got drafted to World War World War II. So I'll I'll have to ask my dad if if they if he got to play with uh, with your oh wow your that's so cool so, yeah. So tell us, Grant is actually he's a senior at Glendale High School and having a great year. We played them uh, Ozark played them the uh, the other day, and so I got to watch yep. him play. Mm-hmm. And then he mm-hmm. is committed to go play at Drury University here in Springfield. So. Tell us kind of how that came about uh, in in his recruitment. You know, when it comes to Drury, he's gone to the Drury basketball camps, you know, for quite a few years. So he used to go to those camps and we've always gone to Drury basketball games. But Drury, they brought in a new coach this year. Um, Coach Hesser retired and Coach Foster came in last spring and they watched him play. A couple of their assistant coaches watched him play this summer in club basketball and ultimately reached out, brought him on campus, and Grant got to watch them practice and see what he thought about it, and ultimately decided that he really liked the idea of uh, staying close. Um, he he loves their facility, and I think that he's seen the other he's seen a lot of other schools' gyms. And for him, if you're going to be spending that much time, he loved the fact that it has such a nice atmosphere to it. And I think he, I think he likes the idea of his parents, even though that means we're close. I think he likes the idea of us being able to watch him play, yeah, but he would he, never admit it. He would he never admit, admit that ever. But I, I think, I do think that he kind of likes the idea of it. I, I have people ask me all the time. So what's the difference between high school and college? And I say, well, kids in high school don't want you to talk to them and coaches don't yes. want you to talk to them. <laughs> and when they get into college, they actually want to talk to you and coaches want you to talk to them. So yeah, it, it is exciting to uh, have him close to home and, and he can, uh, you know, be far enough away. I'm sure he's what, yes. 10 minutes away from, from your house. 
10 minutes yeah. away. And, you know, but my brother, when he went there, he's, he basically said, you know, you go off to college and you may be in the same town, but you feel like you're not in town. You don't go home all the time. You know, no. I've had a lot of people ask me if he's going to live on campus. And I said, it's not an option. Like, I don't want him at home. I need him out of my house. He needs to be out of my house. <laughs> you know, I, I think all kids should live on campus and they need to, they need to learn and grow and um, be a part of that campus environment. But he won't come home that often. There's no question. So he's going to have that feeling of being away, but knowing that we're right there to be able yes. to watch him with the basketball. They'll, so. they'll, they'll keep him busy. I, I, when I went to college at, at Missouri state, I, I said, I even waved at people from Republican Nixa. I was so lonely because I wanted to see oh! somebody that I knew. So, so <laughs> that, 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 that that's, that's pretty bad. That's like you guys nice waving people. at Kickapoo people. So, uh, Oh yeah. That's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned that uh, you got some help from uh, Coach uh, Millicent in, in high school, and you had some uh, some club stuff when it, back in the day. How did the high school and club kind of help uh, throughout your recruitment uh, throughout the last year or so? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, with COVID, uh, it hasn't been, um, I feel like Coach McTague would definitely have, have helped us in any way. Um, but with COVID, you know, a lot of the rules that are around, you know, not being able to get out of our little bubble with Springfield mm-hmm. public schools. I think it kind of hindered, hindered that. But um, in regards to our club traveling so much, our club coach, who is uh, his name is uh, Dale. He was so helpful in regards to, you know, trying to reach out and talk to coaches because college coaches do reach out to those club coaches, just asking about, tell me about their effort. Tell me about their attitude. Tell me about their um, skill level. Where's it? Where are they weak? Like I saw this on the court. What do you think? And so I think that having that good relationship with your club coach is really important. And, and they see through any of the BS with that, that goes on. Like they know where your skill level is. And so you really need to be able to let your c- club coach and high school coaches know what you're thinking for college. You know, they're going to relay that on. And so we, we feel very lucky in that we have a couple of coaches that have just you know, really tried to help, help support and understood that Grant's dream was to play in college and really help to support that. So if, if he wasn't improving every year, if he, w- if he had a bad attitude, if um, he wasn't a good listener to what the coach has to say, you know, if he's complaining and throwing fits, I mean, all that does is hurt. Yes. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, co- coaches in college do not want to listen to uh, parents, you know, parents need to be out of the equation by the time they get to college. And so they want to make sure that you're not, I would assume yes, that, you know, you don't have crazy parents. These kids don't have crazy parents that are going to get involved in every aspect and decision of college coaching, because they will make the decision. If your kid plays, they will decide if your kid even gets renewed for the scholarship the next year. Join me next week for part two of this interview with Drew and Emily Givens. And we will discuss videos, setting parameters, And we will get advice from each parent, advice that they would like to give you as you navigate through your recruiting waters. Don't forget about the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System and the QR Recruiter Draft Tag Combo Special. Go to the show notes and click on the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System link. Listen on your favorite podcast app next Tuesday or on recruit-me.com by clicking on the Recruit Me Podcast tab. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.